0: At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Well, welcome to the Author Brand Show. Today, we've got lots of rational thoughts and cool stories to talk about. Um, We've got a guy in today who is a former college athlete who was forced into retirement because of major injury. Happens a lot. Um, And with school not being his strength, he utilized his real skills as he learned as an athlete to build one of the fastest growing independent financial planning firms in the Southeast. Now, of course, we all know what happened when when COVID hit, world shut down, but this guy saw an opportunity and he seized it. He authored a financial literacy and platform which maximizes a, a book actually for college athletes, which led to him starting another business, partnering with athletic departments, conferences, and governing athletic bodies to eradicate financial illiteracy especially amongst collegiate athletes so with uh all due respect my guest today mr ryan schachner ryan how are you i'm good how are you doing outstanding man I, I i gotta tell you i'll just be really transparent for people watching the show i was a journalist that was that was honored to interview ryan for this book and if you think you know the backstory on Professional athletes and finances, you only know the tip of the iceberg there because yeah, I learned a whole lot in that book, man. It was phenomenal. Just great stuff. So before we get into the show here, um, want to ask a couple questions. What can people get out of this today from listening to us? Yeah, for, for 20, 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is life always deals us obstacles, right? And perhaps the biggest obstacle with COVID came, uh, you know, two years ago, year and a half. Uh mm-hmm. And, you know, when everything looked bleak in my financial planning business, um, mm-hmm. it was just taking a step back and being able to look at the rough times and analyze it and see opportunity and then to take action to, you know, go and, and make things happen when, you know, the world looked like it was going to halt
0: forever. Especially in the, in the you know, athlete. I mean, it's closing down stadiums, events, and that was major. I mean, it's... Um... But that was but you were but your financial planning business wasn't really was it really focused on that at that time prior to 2020? Uh in
1: perfect, you know, we had a few um athletes that were clients, but it yeah. wasn't a focus. I mean we dealt right. with more general public retirement planning and businesses yeah. and that sort of thing, but the first two months of COVID, we couldn't yeah. get anybody to pick up the phone. And so, <laughs> you know, it was more Friendsful it was more you know i got to figure out something to do i can't just sit right. here and you know binge watch netflix and and that you know i I have to be productive and so right. that's where right. the book came in and and uh you know no. all this you know brand new business just kind of exploded
0: yeah it sure has we'll talk about that in a second so if someone's going to watch this this um they're going to learn about i don't know do you, you like we're using that word pivoting a pivot
1: you know, yeah. I, we can use whatever word. I'm I'm
0: what pretty easy. What do you want so. to use, man? I I don't <laughs> like it. That's personal. I'm being I'm being a snarky person. What do you like? You found the opportunity. I mean, you.
1: Yeah, I think it's just operating with your eyes open and yeah. and um, you know being aware of the surroundings and and right. current events and and then just taking advantage of those.
0: That's be- That's brilliant. That's really the thing is keeping your eyes open. I think a lot of people they they see what are. You know, you know, our brain's wired to look for danger, right? So they see danger and they go, oh, and they're either deer in the headlights or they fight or flight. Um, and you took a role rational saying, okay, there's this pandemic thing, now what am I gonna do? And what was it that got you to say, hey, I'm gonna focus on this one niche of just collegiate athletes. Why was that, Why? Did, where did that come from?
1: So I had met with, a, a right before the world shut down, I had a, a basketball player from UNC Charlotte reach out to me asking for an internship. And when I interviewed him back when you could still meet face to face without like a hazmat suit, uh, it, you know, he was really sharp. And within 10 seconds, I knew I was going to hire this guy. I just needed to find the position. Right. And I started asking him financial questions and just basic stuff, right? Not how to trade on margins or any of that type of stuff. Just basic, yeah. you know, what is credit? How do you budget? And he just yeah. it was just like a deer in the headlights. And so from there, you know, I reassured him that I was going to give him a position, but he still didn't have an answer. And I very quickly. So he swept floors
0: for six months. I got it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I very quickly put together that, man, these these college athletes, they're not getting financial literacy training or education or, or anything. And, you know, at the time, the name, image and likeness was still, you know, it was passed in a couple states where college athletes could get paid for. You know, yes. for being in college mm-hmm. and playing sports, uh, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, you know, the, it wasn't live yet. It was it was about to be, but no one really knew. Right. Right. And so that was going on. And I just said, you know, and, and then I just kept getting connected to more and more mm-hmm. athletes. And uh, I was hearing the horror stories of when they went pro and what was going on in college. And I just yeah. said, here's an opportunity that nobody is taking advantage of.
0: Well, we'll get to that part in a minute. That's probably the, the meat of what I want to talk about. But for people who don't understand what you said a minute ago, using leveraging your name, image, and likeness. Uh, people think they see all the millions being spent on college um, sporting events and all that stuff. But up until recently, it wasn't that good with the players. were just college kids, right? Yeah, you could get a scholarship.
1: And, you know, there was probably money exchanging hands, you know, and, you know behind the scenes and not legally right. but you know i think the argument that the players were making and which was pretty hard to argue against was that the ncaa is making billions and billions of dollars this industry right. college athletics football basketball is a you know, multi-billion dollar industry yeah. and it's built on the backs of these athletes and very few are going to become multi-millionaire right. professionals I mean, there's the law. there's a laundry list of names that were, mm-hmm. you know, notable college athletes that either didn't make it pro, or you know, were there for a year or two, got injured, and now yeah. they're out working normal jobs like you and I.
0: You know, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, gladiators, right? They're like these slaves; they got to go and fight and be the entertainment for all these pe- rich people or whatever. And uh, yeah, they, they either they either die or they're just slaves. <laughs> Not to say college kids are slaves, but compared to professional athletes that you know can when 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 they have financial literacy, of course, yeah. they can uh, re- retire after even a short career. Um, all right. So you saw, and then so that that's that whole rule is changing now, right? They they are able to leverage their name, image, and likeness, or is it still state by state now, or what is it for? No, it's years? it's
1: the NCAA adopted it, and so it's all divisions mm-hmm. one, two, three, NAIA, junior right. college, you know, division one. You can get paid or, you know, you can represent a brand as a college athlete and yes, and man. make money doing it. And there's some deals out there. I mean, there are two twins out in California, uh, female basketball players that signed one of the first deals. It was like a million-dollar deal. And so there's some real money being thrown out there at, uh, at, at these athletes. So
0: I thought all the I thought the, 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 there was a lot of people complaining about the women's basketball stuff, that they weren't getting enough play and, and money. Yeah, I mean, there's a
1: lot of stats out there that talk about… <laughs> Uh, be, and a lot of it's based on social media following and yeah. female athletes tend uh-huh. to have a larger social media following. And so the yeah. the athletes that, you know, could potentially benefit the most out of this could be
0: uh, the yeah. female athletes. So I would love to have the, the trading cards for the beach volleyball players. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So so that's a good that's a good shift for them. I'm glad I'm glad the kids are able to, um, you know, make some make some coin along the way. Um, but the premise of your book, and I want you to, you know, give us some stats and tragic stories here about there's two, there's two things in play. There's the, the dream of going pro and being, you know, getting all this fame and fortune. And then there's a the reality of what really happens. So let's talk about that first. And then I want to talk about what happens if you, um, after the fact on both those two scenarios.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if, if you look at the NCAA right now, there's mm-hmm. around 550,000 student athletes, And you're probably across all sports, including Olympians and all that Mm -hmm. out of that population, 550,000, you're maybe going to get 12,000 of those that get to go and play professional sports and and make Mm -hmm. money for actually playing playing sports at a pro level. Yeah. So it's very, very few.
0: Yeah. And they're and they're at the at the these 550,000. There are the these are like the best of the best. Yeah. I mean, if you if, if you
1: filter that out, right, you're talking about yeah. there's all the, the high school student athletes that playing, you know, playing high school ball or whatever. You right. want to go play pro or you right. want to go Division One or play in college. But even yeah. out of that population, you know, just to shrink down, which sounds bizarre mm-hmm. to say, but to shrink down to five hundred fifty thousand. I mean, you're yeah. talking about millions and millions yeah. of high school athletes that don't even get to that next level. And then right. to go to the co- collegiate to then try and make it pro, I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's just gets shrunk down so yeah. much that.
0: Yeah, the, the odds are probably, you should probably do math on it. I'm guessing the odds are pretty close to like lottery level from high school to pro. Oh, basketball. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be, yes. But there's so much media and hype and dreams and the American, yes, you can do anything you want in this world. Which, uh, if you don't mind sharing your journey, that might be a good good to segue into, like, hey, man, I'm really good at, at baseball, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So, you know, growing up, I was a baseball player and, you know, had a lot of attention, even from professional scouts from age 13 um, on up. You know, I didn't have power. You know, I grew up in the power era where if you didn't hit a gazillion home runs, then, you you know, you weren't. And I wasn't big enough to hit home runs in high school and all that. So I needed to go to college. I went to college one year. At the end of my freshman year, trying to get bigger and improve, I completely Mm -hmm. blew out my shoulder. And it was a career-ending injury. And, But I was told, and a lot of these athletes, you know, we we may start at different places. But once we enter into the world of sports, we share a lot of the same uh, Mm -hmm. experiences. And so I was told I was going to be part of this you know, 1% yeah. of 1%. And so that was my focus going into school and or lack of focus when it came to school. It was, <laughs> this is just, a you know, a means to get to the end, which is a pro athlete and I've got to show up to class and I've got to, I have to pass, right? So, you know, yeah. C's to me were like A's, right? I, I loved them and, uh, but you know, that doesn't get you, you know, you know, high level jobs should an shoulder injury happen. And so shoulder yeah. injury happened, got a uh, internship in the financial services space, really at that point had no interest in it, but it was a top yeah. 10 internship. And so I yeah. viewed it as a resume builder, showed right. up day one at this internship. And quite frankly, I was the dumbest person there. And they, you had people from, you know, <laughs> University of Wisconsin, Marquette, uh, yeah. you know, big institutions. And I'm here, you know, small division two school that, quite frankly, I didn't even hear of until I, you know, was recruited there. Uh, And it was a local school. So, you know, and, I, you know, very intimidating, especially from someone that didn't pay attention too much in school and didn't excel in that space. But I took the skills that I learned as an athlete, and I figured out, hey, I can use these to be super successful in this space. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at the end of that internship, not just in my internship class locally, but across the nation, I was in the top 10 out of, you know, about 1200 interns, uh, yeah. I was in the top 10 of and, and so it made me realize that uh, it or I proved to myself that you didn't have to be book smart to necessarily make it and get what you want. And the skills, you know, I, I had been trained, starting from age six, playing baseball and other sports mm-hmm. on up, how to be successful in life. I just yeah. didn't know that it that, that it would bleed into each other. So
0: do you have like a, a laundry list of some of those skills that you were able to transition and apply from athleticism to business?
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's a ton of them, but I, I would say my favorite is the ability to know how to lose. And so what I mean by that is, you know, a, a lot of kids, that don't play sports, if something negative happens to them, they they shelter, right? It's like the fetal position. And Mm -hmm. but as an as an athlete, you're trained that, you know, you're not going to win every at bat, right? So the stat is if you hit if you're in the major leagues in baseball and you get a hit three (laughs) out of ten times, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that means seven out of ten times you didn't get a hit, right? You failed seven out of ten times. And so you just Mm -hmm. naturally know how to bounce back from, you know, having losses. So I would say Mm -hmm. that's my favorite one. But, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing how to delegate, knowing how to work as a team, uh, knowing how to take charge and be a leader, Mm -hmm. you know, those are definitely traits that you learn as an athlete uh, in in order to be successful high school, but collegiately and and most definitely once you get to the pros.
0: Right, right. And I've talked to you and a couple of other people um, in that in this space. Right. And I got, I got to add discipline. Um, you know, oh, yeah, either, as, a, as an employee, employer, entrepreneur, doesn't matter. Um, my, the best people I've worked with in my business are people with discipline, you know, athletes and veterans. You guys are just like, okay, two o'clock. You're there exactly two o'clock. Everything happens exactly as you plan. Cause you're disciplined to, you know, do what you say you're going to do. What a concept. Yeah. And, I mean, if you didn't, you were in labs. Right. And so, that's <laughs> right. 20 pushups. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's get i want to hear some of these stories for our, our our viewers today um i was so shocked by these guys who are making you know a lot of money when they get there they do go pro and those twelve thousand that that gets that point um you mentioned some stories of people buying like you know three or four rolls royces and stuff and, and then not being able to pay their tax bill and stuff what's I the mean- what's the there's a, we have so many stories in the book but give me like one of the top one or two to stand out for you
1: Well, so I think to start that off, you know, just because you make it pro doesn't mean you're an automatic multimillionaire. I mean, we you know, when we think of pro player, we think of like the Tom Brady's or the Michael Jordan's. And those are really the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that make it pro. And so the majority of these athletes, they're, Mm -hmm. they're making now it's not insignificant by any means, but they're making a half million dollars a year, they've got a two or three year deal, and then they're out of the league, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think the one of my favorite ones, and he's pretty famous for talking about it, is Shaquille O'Neal. You yeah. know, when he got his first advance, first million dollars, he spent it. He spent a million dollars in an hour. <laughs> a million dollars in an hour. That's in like, that a movie with Richard Pryor, isn't it? <laughs> he bought his. He bought his Mercedes S550, mm-hmm. and then you know his dad said, "Well, where's mine?" And then his mom said, "But you can't buy one for dad and not buy it for mom." And so all of a sudden there's a number of cars that are, that are gone. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, he, he just paid for, right. A million dollars right. gone. Right. One of my favorite stories about Shaq though, is when he went from the Orlando magic to the Lakers yeah. and he flies out there and um, he's walking around, he's got, you know, big, big guy, but he's walking oh, yeah. around in sweatsuit. He stops mm-hmm. in at a Rolls Royce dealership yeah. and, uh, the the salesman is like, hey, you know these cars are like three hundred thousand a piece, right? And uh, and he's like, and you got the hint that the sales guy didn't, you know, he didn't think he could afford it, so yeah. he bought two in cash right there. Yeah, just to prove to the guy that he could afford it. And then he went and bought a house. Mm. Uh, it was like an eighteen million dollar house, cash, yeah. and done his accountant calls him i think he got like a it was something like 30 million dollars you know was the first you know paycheck he got was 30 million right. his accountant says uh, hey you you only have like a million dollars to make it to the next pay run and he's like what do you mean i've made 30 million i've only spent 20 and and he's like yeah but you're in california now like half yeah. of that is gone like you you're not this isn't florida anymore so he had to somehow he had to make a million dollar stretch like two or three weeks in order well he started doing commercials
0: for the the general right the insurance company (laughs) but here
1: no that's a great story of you know he made mistakes but now one of his biggest missions is to give back and to teach you know uh athletes and and just in general Mm -hmm. people about how to make smart money decisions and, and that sort of thing so Those are one of the guys that could rebound from it because of the Mm -hmm. endorsements and and the multi-year contracts, right? Very few of these guys can, a lot of them get taken advantage of because they're so focused on, I got to get my next contract. I want to make playing time and they trust people that they shouldn't trust and it's all of a sudden bad investments or they get put on the hook for, you know, bad real estate deals and, you know, and, and they're, they're
0: ruined. Right, right, yeah. It's um, you know, it's it's. There's a lot of pressures from you know, family and uh different people in your life too. It's it's hard when you're uh, you know, new money, right? Nouveau riche. It's, yeah, it's gotta, absolutely it's gonna be tough. Um, so there's another part of the book which I find extremely fascinating. Which okay, so if you make it, you know, don't be don't be stupid. You know, be smart about it. But don't forget about all those that don't, because you've got like you said, you you go into college saying, hey, I got a scholarship. You know, my next step is is the gold, you know, the brass ring, but if you don't get there and you don't have the financial literacy to move forward, it's kind of a challenge, right?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and the vast majority are not going to make it, uh, at the pro level. And so, you know, it's helping them identify that their identity is not just as a student athlete or an athlete, because most of them, and I was guilty of it, That's how they viewed themselves. And once they realize that they have these skills that translate into being successful in any line of business that they want to get into, then it's just applying themselves while they're in school and using the platform that they have while they're a collegiate athlete to set up opportunities for when they, you know, whenever their athletic career is done. And so, you know, it's, it's really, it's treating athletics or going D1 or going pro, not as the destination, but as the launching pad to doing something bigger and better down the road.
0: Right. Because I mean, the average athletic career lasts how long? Three to five years. If they're lucky five years, you're an old man. Right. I mean, that's a pretty narrow window. I don't care how much money you're making. That's a very narrow window. you're going to live to be, you know, 90 or something like that. You're gonna run out of money. You better it's have like some... a quarter
1: of your life is is yeah. you know, is you're out of your sport at 25. You still yeah. have three quarters of your life to live.
0: Right. So give us some fundamentals of what what you should what you can teach people. Let's say I'm a, a parent watching this, and my my high school kids just getting scouted by a college whatnot, they're all excited about this. Hey, you know, the college university came by, they're looking at my son, it looks really good. All this excitement about his athleticism what can you teach kids about money at an early, at a young age when they're thinking about beer money and, and cars and stuff?
1: Yeah, and, and, and girls and having fun and, girl, yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's really, it's it's identifying and helping them understand that the math behind mm-hmm. when, you know, I don't want to shoot down any kid's dreams, right? Like I'm big on thinking big. And, right. and, and so I'm going to assume that they go pro mm-hmm but let's just take the average of five years at 25, you're, you're done. You're not a pro anymore. Mm -hmm. And so now you have the rest of your life that you're, you know, odds are you're not going to make enough money to live Mm -hmm. on for the rest of your life. Right? So Mm -hmm. let's look at the opportunities opportunities you have as a high school athlete, the connections you can make, the relationships you can build, Mm -hmm. even a collegiate athlete, the platform that you have to reach out, connect with alumni, build relationships, you know explore different careers mm-hmm. so that when you are done with your sport whenever that happens now you have relationships you can go to and you have options for you know life after uh, after ball and so it's just embracing that that you're you're going d1 going pro is not your destination and it's no one's destination even Tom Brady, who's gonna play till he's 90, is gonna to have to do something after he, you know, after he retires. And so now a lot of these guys have done a great job of starting businesses. And I think we're starting yeah. to see the tide turn among professional right. athletes on, right. on taking more ownership. Um, so it's it's that, you know, that would be step one. And then step two is, you know, talk to your kids about finance. And finance yeah. to me is very, very simple, which is why, you know, in the book I translate all the financial topics into the language of sports, right? So whatever sport you play, again, we have so many shared experiences, regardless of the Mm -hmm. sport we play. And and it's just using and explaining finance, which to a lot of people is a dry topic and, uh, Mm -hmm. and complicated, but making it easy to understand and relate to And then just giving them a game plan to, you know, starting when you start as a freshman in college or even high school, here are things you can do to set yourself up for the future. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what the future is going to be, but you might as well position yourself. You know, it's like lifting weights and Mm -hmm. and getting stronger in high school. We don't know what position you're going to go and play in college. But, mm-hmm. but you got to keep b- building and getting better, right? And so it's Absolutely. starting that process as early as possible to mm-hmm. you know increase the odds of success, whether you go pro or whether you make the decision that you know it, 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 not to go pro.
0: Right. You know, you mentioned one thing on step one. I'm go- I'm going to just applaud you because I wish I would have thought about this when I was you know 20. But there are different kinds of currencies, right? There's financial literacy, financial currency, sure, but that has no soul it's just money right it's it's a commodity but you mentioned something really critical and i think that's bears repeating and man if you're if you've got kids in college or you you're in college whatever it is the connections you make the human currency of networking can make you millions no matter what you do and it can set you up for so many opportunities the people you meet those connections are and i hate to call people currency but networking i mean the, the most successful people i know yeah, sure. They're financially wealthy, but their Rolodex. If that's even a thing anymore, that's the real. That's the real bank. Yeah. So absolutely. I think that that could be an actual. Um, that could be a, a good second book. Actually, developing your 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 financial network of of humans, you know, in your life because. Oh yeah, I man, mean,
1: life is all about relationships. I mean, yeah. and, and you look at you know just this book and everything that's coming out of it. Right. It's the relationships that I'm building with a lot of these athletes that are getting yeah. me introduced to more and more athletes, more and more programs. Right. And, and it's all based on the relationship, right. And yeah. without those relationships, you know, I, I would have just I would have been a guy
0: that wrote a book and, you know, that's right. would you know, What's next? <laughs> and, and, and mom would have bought it. We'd be done. Yeah. Be, yeah uh, sure. You have a copy of, the, of your book there handy. Uh, I do. Mine. Me.
1: You got it behind me. I got, hold on, I got it
0: uh I got somewhere i got mine it's all right i'll hold it up yeah, it? yeah. Right. Oh, i see it i see it on the on the on the shelf but yeah. yeah it's. i was in the so, no way yeah this this is, this is the book guys i'm gonna take you out for a second i'm gonna put this book on the screen but um the foundation for financial excellence right and it, it is a, I'm, you don't even have to be an athlete to really appreciate what Ryan's teaching here and you have a uh contributor here you want to talk about anthony
1: Going back to relationships, I mean, this was, you know, I got referred to uh, just to talk to Anthony. He, 14 Mm -hmm. years in the NBA. Uh, I think he's going to retire now, uh, but I don't know. But 14 years, I mean, he's, you talk about a senior citizen in any pro league. 14 years is a long time. He just uh, got done playing with Philadelphia. I thought, you know, that was the only time I could really cheer for a Philadelphia-based team. Um, but, you know, I thought they were going to be able to win the uh, the uh, NBA championship, but they got knocked out. But you know, he has a very uh, a strong passion about this. And so he had the idea instead of just connecting me to people, you know, let's explain these topics from a pro perspective. And so we came up with this idea of Tolliver take uh, or Tolliver's take, and it's his view of all the topics we talk about. But as a professional athlete, and, you know, some of the things that he's seen and the lessons he's learned and how he's applied them and seen them applied among other professional athletes.
0: It's amazing. It was some. And I there's no there's no um there's no PC way to say this. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of um, perception about, you know, NBA players and these guys, all the you know, money and girls and stuff. And this man is like he is like he walks on water. I mean, he's like he says, you know. Family man, businessman, athlete, well-spoken. He's like, well, heck, you know, he could run the country. Yeah. Just a super guy. I, you know,
1: that that's, you know, I think athletes a lot of times don't get enough credit, you know. yeah, An athlete, I think, is a small part of who he is. But right. the businesses right. that he's built and that, you know, that I got to learn about after mm-hmm. that, you know, after the yeah. fact and, and getting to know him. I mean, seizing opportunities. I mean, it, it, he's, he is built you know, he's used his NBA money very wisely yeah, and he's created uh, you know, an empire, quite frankly, mm-hmm. that yep. uh, is going to last in, in generations, right? right? And his, his grandkids, grandkids are going to be positively affected by the decisions right. that he made, you know, uh, with yeah. the money that he had uh, coming out of the
0: league. Yep. Yeah. And well, actually the, and to be fair, I'm going to guess, you tell me if I'm wrong, but the money he made out of the league, at, at either right now or in the future it will be small pale to what he's done with it right the leverage oh, the power is. yeah power compounding <laughs> interest and all stuff right yeah. so yeah yeah ryan uh yeah you' are you're one of the good guys you know there's a lot of uh, people get flack for uh you know athletes financial planners you know podcast hosts whatever but yeah, it was just a pleasure talking to you today i'd love to have you maybe bring anthony on some time we'll we'll talk about this or oh, we'll bring george on you introduced me to george jones Oh yeah, what absolutely, a super guy. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. I wish he was my dad. He's yeah, like, that's all. He he's is. a good. He's a good yeah. dude, isn't he? He's he's great. We're gonna have to have a, a powwow sometime. It's like one of those ESPN things. We all talk over each other. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so thanks again for being on the show today. Don't forget to get this book, folks. Foundation for Financial Excellence by on, Ryan Shapsham and now. Pardon me. <laughs> on Amazon now. It's on Amazon. Go get your copy and give get get two. Get one for a friend or a kid. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much. We'll we'll see you again much, much sooner than later. Uh this is Doug Crowe, the off your brand show. Be sure to click below and subscribe, opt in, get some goodies from us, and we'll see you next time.